on their morning calls, and the air is perfumed with the scent of pine and earth, different from the brine and salt of my hometown. In time, the front door cracks open, and it's then that I see her. Despite the distance between us, I find myself holding my breath as she steps into the dawn. She stretches before descending the front steps and heads around the side, Beyond her, the horse pasture shimmers like a green ocean, and she passes through the gate that leads toward it. A horse calls out a greeting, as does another, and my first thought is that Savannah seems too small to be moving so easily among them. But she was always comfortable with horses, and they were comfortable with her. A half-dozen nibble on grass near the fence post, mainly quarter horses, and Midas, her white-socked black Arabian, stands off to one side. I rode with her once, luckily without injury, and as I was hanging on for dear life, I remember thinking that she looked so relaxed in the saddle that she could have been watching television. Savannah takes a moment to greet Midas now. She rubs his nose while she whispers something. She pats his haunches, and when she turns away, his ears prick up as she makes her way inside the barn. She vanishes, then emerges again carrying two pails, oats, I think. She hangs the pails on two fence posts, and a couple of the horses trot toward them. When she steps back to make room, I see her hair flutter in the breeze before she retrieves a saddle and bridle. While Midas eats, she readies him for her ride, and a few minutes later she's leading him from the pasture toward the trails in the forest, looking exactly as she did six years ago. I know it isn't true. I'd seen her up close last year and noticed the first fine lines beginning to form around her eyes. But the prism through which I view her remains for me unchanging. To me, she will always be twenty-one, and I will always be twenty-three. I'd been stationed in Germany. I had yet to go to Fallujah or Baghdad or receive her letter, which I read in the railroad station in Samawa in the initial weeks of the campaign. I had yet to return home from the events that changed the course of my life. Now, at twenty-nine, I sometimes wonder about the choices I've made. The army has become the only life I know. I don't know whether I should be pissed or pleased about that fact. Most of the time, I find myself going back and forth depending on the day. When people ask, I tell them I'm a grunt, and I mean it. I still live on base in Germany, I have maybe a thousand dollars in savings, and I haven't been on a date in years. I don't surf much anymore, even on leave, but on my days off I ride my Harley north or south, wherever my mood strikes me. The Harley was the single best thing I've ever bought for myself, though it cost a fortune over there. It suits me, since I've become something of a loner. Most of my buddies have left the service, but I'll probably get sent back to Iraq in the next couple of months. At least, those are the rumors around base. When I first met Savannah Lynn Curtis, to me, She'll always be Savannah Lynn Curtis. I could never have predicted my life would have turned out the way it has, or believed I'd make the army my career.
but I did meet her. That's the thing that makes my current life so strange. I fell in love with her when we were together, then fell deeper in love with her in the years we were apart. Our story has three parts, a beginning, a middle, and an end, and although this is the way all stories unfold, I still can't quite believe that ours didn't go on forever. I reflect on these things, and as always, our time together comes back to me. I find myself remembering how it began, for now these memories are all I have left. Part 1 1. Wilmington, 2000 My name is John Tyree. I was born in 1977 and...